Hey, hey, hey. Welcome to the Brehive, which is a safe space where an array of healthy and much needed topics are discussed and shared for anyone living with lupus and other chronic illnesses. So before we get started, let me take a moment and introduce myself. My name is Bree, the founder and president of the Loopy Girl Inc., which is a nonprofit that strives every day to motivate, encourage, and inspire those who are living with lupus and other chronic illnesses. And so, what is lupus? Lupus has been a name, an illness that has started to take the globe by storm. Over 5 million people are living with this illness each and every day. And even doctors, even the most skilled physicians, still are confused about this illness. So exactly what is it? Imagine there is your body and inside your body, you have these soldiers. You have these soldiers who fight for your body each and every day against the bad germs that may try to come in and invade and cause you to get sick. And imagine those soldiers don't know. They don't know who's good and who's bad. So they begin to attack everyone not realizing that it's causing your body to break down over a long period of time, which is chronic, right? That is how lupus works. Lupus is where the body, the, own, the body's own immune system attacks itself, causing the body to experience inflammation, to experience issues with skin, your joints, your hair, even your heart, your lungs, your kidneys, right? That is lupus. And with lupus, there are four different types of lupus. You have systemic lupus. You have cutaneous lupus, also known as discoid lupus. You have drug-induced lupus, which most of the time, uh, a lot of people get this one wrong when explaining it, and neonatal lupus. And so with cutaneous lupus or discoid lupus, that is when lupus attacks mainly your skin. You see it in your skin. A lot of times it is related to the butterfly rash, which is where lupus pretty much shows itself as a rash throughout the body. It can show on the face, the eyelids, elbows, um, in your head. It can show everywhere. And for some people, it comes and it goes. And for others, it comes and it leaves very bad scarring. And so uh, when it comes to the scarring, it really depends on... Um, each person because lupus is different in everyone. You have drug-induced lupus. And so with drug-induced lupus, that happens when a lot of times a person is injected with a drug. It may be um, something to help with pain. It may be a pain medication. It could be even a medication that deals with infections. And the results of that medication interacting with the body will cause some type of reaction that is like lupus and it you know that person may experience lupus like symptoms and for some it may last for a little while and then lupus may go in remission where it shows no signs whereas for others 
that one situation caused for lupus to then flare up and continue to stay and um, act in different forms. Then you have neonatal lupus. And that is when you are born with lupus and you are born with that that condition. A lot of times it happens during pregnancy. Um, so a lot of times women um, start to experience, you know, lupus-like symptoms once they are pregnant. And once they give birth to their child, then they start to experience, you know, even more symptoms of lupus, uh, such as inflammation. They may uh, develop organ issues or anything. So um, that are the 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 three. And then the fourth one is the most common. And you have systemic lupus. And systemic lupus is where it is chronic and it attacks anything and everything within the body. And so uh, for me, I live with systemic lupus and I've been living with systemic lupus for almost 12 years now. Um, it started where I woke up one day woke up one day and literally there was this little bitty rash uh, in my face and I looked in the mirror and didn't know where it came from. You know, I thought maybe, you know, I had bumped into something and, you know, that was just a scar. We've all had those situations where, you know, we just wake up in the morning and boom, we find a scar somewhere, right? And we're like, how did we get it? That's exactly what happened. And so went about my day and got ready for bed and went to sleep. And when I woke up the next day, I had even more. It spread even further across my face. And throughout the week, literally, it started to spread across my face. It got on my eyelids, my elbows. And so I got afraid. And I thought that, you know, I thought I had an STD or something. I thought, you know, I was in college. I'm, you know, I'm 18 years old, just living my life. And I, and I thought, you know, oh my gosh, you know, something happened. So, me being me, I went to the clinic on campus and, you know, I'm asking the doctor and the nurse and they didn't even know what it was. They thought that I had some type of infection. And so, of course, they diagnosed me with this. They gave me this huge pill, prescribed me with this huge pill for me to take. And I was taking it. And as I was taking it, it got worse. And so it started to get very dry and peely and itchy. And so, um, you know, my boyfriend at the time, you know, told me, hey, you need to go home. So got home and I went to a dermatologist and I went to a rheumatologist. And so at the dermatologist, you know, he did a biopsy of my face and told me, hey, you know, let's wait a couple of days and I'll have the information. rheumatologist and believe it or not y'all like I walked in there and literally he said you have lupus there was no diet like there was no paperwork no blood work no nothing and he just explained that he could tell that I had lupus just from the very butterfly rash that was on my face and he prescribed me with Plaquenil all loopies know Plaquenil all loopies know that drug 
because that is the number one drug to keep inflammation down within the body. And so another name for Plaquenil is called hydroxychloroquine. That is the actual name for it. So I was diagnosed with that. And to be honest with you guys, I didn't take it serious. I'm thinking, oh, you know, I'm just going to take this. I don't feel any inflammation. I feel great. I feel strong. You know, I'm going back to school. Y'all, within three months, I was sick. I mean, I was sick, having a hard time, you know, concentrating. I couldn't make it to class. I felt dizzy all the time. I felt like I wanted to pass out. Um, and literally, I wasn't eating. Everything that I was eating, it was coming back up. And so I laid in my dorm room by myself for an entire week. I begged friends of mine to go to the store to get me food. They brought me Gatorade, soup, everything, and nothing was staying down. So after that week, I finally tried to get up and, you know, go to the store. I tried to go to class and a, a friend of mine that I knew in my dorm saw me, took me grocery shopping because I couldn't. I could barely stand up. And that was the moment that I decided to go home. And when I finally went home, that is when, you know, I was diagnosed with not only lupus because I had lupus, but I was diagnosed with lupus nephritis. And lupus nephritis is where, you know, nephro, that little term is kidney. And lupus was attacking my kidneys. And from there, I went on a roller coaster of doctor appointments. I ended up having to see a nephrologist. And literally, you know, I was told at that moment that I only had 50% kidney function left. So imagine you go from living your best life, getting to your first college of choice. You have your friends, you have you know, your boyfriend, you're going to school, you're doing your thing to literally feeling like life is flashing before your eyes. You're in a hospital, you know, never been sick, never been hospitalized. Having to go through this particular point was devastating. And um, I decided that it was time for me to return home. So I returned home. And while I was home, I was sick. I mean, I lost my gallbladder. Um, teeth of mine started to break down. I started to lose a lot of weight. And I just really didn't understand what was happening. And so believe it or not, my family was amazing. Um, my family did a lot of research, you know, really looking and really getting a real idea of what lupus really is and was because it was literally taking my body by storm. So finally, you know, um, here we are 12 years later. Um, now I'm on dialysis. I've had two kidney transplants and I've learned a lot. And one thing that's for sure is a lot of, a lot of times, you know, we that have chronic illnesses sometimes try to make sure or try to be as normal and live as normal as possible and not really understanding the lengths our bodies can really go, right? And so it's very important for us to understand when it's time to really sit down to prevent ourselves from experiencing a burnout. Burnouts aren't good and burnouts aren't fun, you know, because when it's like when you burn out, it takes twice as long to recover, to be able to experience the fun and the great things that you like to do. And so on this episode, this episode is about keeping it real, you know, living with lupus and how to reach out for help. During and before and or after a burnout, a lot of times we try to carry a load on ourselves, whether, you know, because we're mothers or we're wives or we're husbands or we're cousins or we're that family member that everybody goes to, you know, but 
we have to remember that we got to slow down. Having lupus, lupus is chronic. Lupus is long lasting. And even through those times that you feel good, the next moment you can feel horrible. And so I just want to give you all a few tips that you can use in order to make sure that you are piping down, taking that time to really rest so that you can live your best life. So number one, take your time, y'all. Take your time. A lot of times we want to rush. We want to run around. We want to do everything that we can to get completed in one day. And we know there is not enough hours in a day, right? It's like we wake up in the morning, we get up, we do our routines, we do our work, whether it's an actual job or at home or whatever it is. We tend to our our uh, our chores, you know, our goals, requirements, whatever it is that we have going on, you know, and then we have to tend to ourselves and then boom, the day is over, right? And before you know it, that one goal and that one thing that you wanted to do or get done that day, it doesn't get done. But guess what? We always have the next day, right? You know, and a lot of times we're like, oh, I forgot to do this and I forgot to do that. And it's kind of like if you continue to run yourself in the ground and don't take your time, how could you or when will you have that time? Because what happens if you're not, if you're too sick to even do it? Now you've lost even more time to be able to tend to the things that you need to tend to. One time, me being me, you know, I wanted to accomplish everything I could for my birthday, right? Get ready to turn 30. Everything was going great, you know, saving money. Um, I just knew I was going to be the queen of hearts. I knew I was going to be the queen of hearts. I mean, I was setting up hair appointments. I'm setting up my nail appointments because my nails have to be done, right? I'm setting all of that up and literally... I'm literally running all day to the point where I haven't even eaten. So a lot of times, remember how, you know, you got that one thing or you have that one big event that's coming up and you just run it. That was me. And literally, guess where I spent my 30th birthday? In the hospital. In the hospital room, sick. I was sick the week prior and the week after my birthday. And, you know, with... COVID and the pandemic going on, you couldn't, I could only have one visitor a day. So imagine that on your birthday, only one person. And, you know, thank God to my friends, you know, my friends snuck in the hospital room to bring me flowers and cupcakes and candies and all those things. So that's just something that we all kept on the wrap. But hey, it is what it is. And I was so happy and I was so thankful because I had spent pretty much the whole day crying my eyes out of because of how upset I was. And I couldn't be really upset with nobody but myself because I didn't take my time. I didn't just relax and chill and, you know, prepare, you know, for that upcoming, you know, event that day. 30th birthday, we all know we got the 18th, the 21st, 25th, and that 30th. Like, and to be honest, I, I cried because I felt like I missed it. And so it's just so important to make sure that you really, really take your time with what you're doing because literally not taking your time can cost you more time to recover. Okay. So number two, it is so important to understand that it is okay 
not to be okay. And a lot of times we are bawling our eyes out, crying, upset for whatever. And this has this part has nothing to do with having chronic illness or anything. Literally, this is for everybody. Have you ever been crying and literally somebody says, are you okay? And you say, yep, I'm okay. And literally you are over there, I mean, bawling and you're not okay. And a lot of times we try to contain ourselves and keep our, keep ourselves together by saying we are okay, knowing deep down inside that we're not. And imagine like um, a balloon, right? And imagine that you're filling it with water. Those are your tears, right? You're filling it with water or, you know, imagine the balloon as situations. All those situations are are just falling into the balloon and you're crying, 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 and you're you're trying to mask it. And you're like, yeah, I'm okay. Yeah, I'm okay. And deep down inside, you're really not okay. What's going to happen to that balloon? That balloon going to pop. And when that balloon pops, there is no telling how far that water will go. It doesn't, you don't know what that water will affect, what it would damage. You don't know. And so it's so important. Y'all, I am one of the most bubbliest people. Y'all know me. I'm one of the most bubbliest people that you could ever meet. And I just always, through this entire time I've lived with lupus, I've always had that. I got this, okay? Y'all that know the loopy girl, you got this. Because we do. But what I did was I always kept things that were going on inside of me, inside of me. And I ended up getting diagnosed with renal failure for the second time, right? So imagine you live with lupus. You've been diagnosed with lupus nephritis. You've watched your kidneys fail over a four-month period. You lost both native kidneys. They are gone and you are put on dialysis and you get a kidney transplant. Right? So this is to a new life. You've prayed for this. You are excited for this. You are you are everything. And literally within a year and a half, you lose that kidney. That kidney causes you infections. It causes you pain. And you spend months in and out of the hospital to the point where the floor knows you. They know your name. They know the things you like, you don't like. Then you get blessed. You get blessed with a second kidney transplant. This time, it not only fails, but it causes you to be sick. Now, not for a couple months, but an entire year. Entire year. Within that year, you lose relationships, you lose jobs, and you almost lose your mind. And when somebody asks you, are you okay? You say, yeah, I'm okay. Do you really think that I was okay? No, I was stressed out. I was depressed and I suffered a major breakdown. But only if I tend to the things that were hurting me and affecting me in the beginning. Only if maybe I would have really expressed myself and really shared like, you know what? I'm not okay. And went back to taking my time to be able to tend to my feelings and taking care of me and showing me self-care and being okay with not being okay. Maybe the turnout would have been different.
you know, it's really sad. It's a really sad thing, you know, to go through what I've gone through. And sometimes it even makes me want to cry inside because, you know, you've been through so much. And it just takes me to my third point. You know, when it comes to being in, you know, living with a chronic illness, it's just so much you have to do. It's, it's so much that you learn. It's so much that you have to remember, especially when it comes to dealing with your health. You know, having lupus and other chronic illnesses, it causes for you to have to reach out and have to visit different doctors and they're giving you different medications and they have side effects and things like that. And it's just so important, so important that you understand that you are your best doctor. Right. So, you know, having a chronic illness, people tell you all kinds of things. I had somebody tell me that if you eat grass, eat grass, stay away from the meat. You'll get rid of lupus. Right. I've heard that. Somebody told me to eat grass, y'all. Grass. Do I look like I eat grass? No, I'm not eating no grass. But people have told me eat grass. People have told, can tell you a lot of things. There are doctors who, you know, tell you to do this or that, and you may have another side effect. Remember, it's my opinion. Doctors are educated guessers, and they give you or prescribe you medications based off of what, if, what they've learned and or used on other patients that have worked. And when it comes to healthcare, we are all made different. Everything, everything, every part of us is different. So when it comes to medications, just because it worked for you don't mean it worked for me. So it's very important to understand that when, you know, you're doing your thing and, you know, you're trying to live your best life, understand what you're taking. Understand what you're doing because it can be that medicine that might be slowing you down. It may, it may be, you know, that particular doctor that's stressing you out because, what they're doing or what they're saying is not working for you. One time I was in the in the hospital and um I was sick. I was having a flare up. And so, you know, at this point, I've been to the hospital so many times, I don't have to give a whole rundown of medicines I'm taking and things like that. You know, the hospital knows me. You know, that that system. Um I gotta admit it. And the doctor, uh, the issue was I had high blood pressure. So something that people don't know is pain can be related to high blood pressure. So the, the more pain you're in, the higher the blood pressure goes. As you take care of the blood pressure, the blood pressure a lot of times will start to drop, even if you have high blood pressure issues. So the doctor came in and he pretty much was... You know, going over my, uh, you know, my records and looking at my stuff. And, you know, of course, he was talking about the blood pressure. When it comes to the blood pressure, the blood pressure is very important to control because it can cause a lot of issues. If the blood pressure is too high, it can cause the body to go in a state of shock, which is also known as you can get a seizure. You can have a seizure or you can have a stroke, right? If the blood pressure is too low, it literally will knock you out. You will pass out. So it's very important to have it stable so that you can 
you know, live your best life. The doctor prescribed me a drug called hydralazine. Hydralazine is a blood pressure medication that literally you take it and the blood pressure drops, right? And that happens when the blood vessels open up and the blood is able to, you know, flow more uh, freely. The doctor never told me that hydralazine is a trigger for lupus. And he didn't tell me because he didn't know, but I did. So when he tried to give me the medication and I was told from the nurse, hey, the doctor's going to give you hydralazine. No, because I know that that's going to spike and cause a flare. So imagine if I didn't know that, right? And I'm running around. I'm already putting my body under stress. Anything that you do to the body is stress. It's, you have good stress and bad stress. So imagine that you're sick. So your body is in bad stress. Then you're just taking whatever that's being given to you without understanding and knowing how this is really affecting you. Boom. You're headed to a burnout faster because now you have this drug that you're constantly taking to drop your blood pressure. But little do you know, it's literally triggering your lupus. So as you're taking the blood pressure medication, your blood pressure may not be dropping. And as it's not dropping, you're wondering like, what's going on? Why is this not working? Why is this not, you know, why am I still having these issues? And, you know, a lot of people who have lupus flares, they may have, you know, uh, a rash in their face or they may have a rash in their head. And you're not understanding why you are your best doctor. Always remember that. Always, if you have a question, never hesitate to question. And so those are my three main points in regards to, um, you know, making sure, making sure that you don't, um, you know, have a burnout because if you have a burnout and you can't live your best life, how can you bless the world with your greatness? How can you bless the world with the amazing things that you're able to do and bring, you know, bring um, to this world? You have to make sure that you rest and avoid burnouts, avoid stress of anything. Believe it or not, remember, there's good stress and there's bad stress. Both stress can both send you to a burnout. Believe it or not. A lot of times, think about it. Think about when you have an interview. Right. You got an interview or you applied for a grant, you applied for a job, you apply for uh, whatever it is, a scholarship school. And you're so excited. You're so excited. And you just like, oh, I can't wait. And you get your acceptance letter and you're over. You just overpowered with joy. You're just, you know, excited. You're talking, you're laughing, you're joyous, but you're anxious. That is stress. And though it's good stress because you're anxious and you're ready to get started. The body that's attacking everything, it doesn't know what to attack. So it's attacking everything, including that good stress. So it's very important to understand that even if it's good, there's good and bad stress that can cause and lead to a burnout. If you don't take the time to take your time, understand when you're not okay and addressing when you're not okay, and understanding and being your own doctor because you know your body's best.
know when it comes to knowing your body. Take the time. Look up your, your bed, you know, and understand, one, what a burnout is and how your body is affected by a burnout. Remember, you know, you can go on Google all day and see how to um, avoid a burnout, how to, you know, a, a couple tips on how to uh, take better, better self-care, but Really take some time for yourself and see what you like and see what helps you. It may be a massage, maybe meditation, maybe just resting in bed. Take your time. So before I leave you, remember the three tips. Take your time. Take your time. I'm still on one, but take your time. Number two, know It's okay to not be okay. One of my bestest friends gave me that. That that little nugget she gave me, and it has stuck with me since. It's okay not to be okay. And understand that there are people in your corner rooting for you. There are people that know me and know the Loopy Girl and know the brand. I have never met them a day in my life. One time I was in the hospital as a patient. And a nurse walked in and said, I know you. You're the loopy girl. Y'all, I felt like a star. I was like, oh, okay, she knows me. She didn't even know my first name. She knew me as the loopy girl. Like, oh, as sick as I was, I was on top of the world then. You got to know, to know, to know when you're not okay. And know that it's okay to tell people when you're not okay. So people can give you your space because when you're experiencing a burnout or you're close to one, you have to know when to just take a take a step back, relax, and regroup and do it all over again, right? Think about your life. Did you do everything in your life by, by yourself? Now, a lot of us want to boast around, I got you. I, I know I know exactly what some of you are going to say. Oh, I went to school and I did by myself. I got my own car. I got my own. Nah, that's not what I'm talking about. That's not what I'm talking about. You may have gotten those things on your own. But remember that time where you were stressed out and you called on your best friend and your best friend sat there with you and talked to you and gossiped you back to him or gave you the tea, the hot, the hot tea, piping hot tea? That got you excited and, and, and got you all pumped up and ready. That's the help I'm talking about. Never forget to reach out for help. Because remember, like I said, there are people rooting for you. And those people who are rooting for you are just waiting. Waiting for that moment that you call them and say, hey, I need your help. I bet you can call on somebody. Somebody out there and tell them, hey. I just need a I just need an ear to listen. A lot of people like therapy. Now, especially after COVID, there are a lot of health insurance companies that literally are giving you free therapy. You can go to any therapist that's within the network. Y'all know how the health insurance go. Anybody within the network, and you literally can have a session with them, whether it's 30 minutes, an hour, or however your plan works. Take the initiative. Take that. It's there for you. And I get it. There are some people, eh, therapy ain't their thing. And that's fine. 
Find what works for you. Find your help. Your help can be art. Your help can be journaling. Your help can be listening to music, taking a walk, being in nature, walking barefoot. I don't walk barefoot in people's stores and houses and outside. I mean, houses fine, but you know, be careful with walking barefoot. That's dirty. So anyway, um, yeah, like take your time. Like it, the world is so large yet so small, right? Take that trip. Some people they like being flewed out, fly out if that's what helps you. But accept the help. If you ever need encouragement, if you ever need encouragement to be your help, you need, hey, you want me to record a sound and send it to you? Bet, I'm there. Just let me know. Send me an email at theloopygirl at gmail.com and I got you. All you gotta do in the subject line is say, encourage me, please. And I got you. But please understand that reaching out for help is so important. Because a lot of times living with a chronic illness or even just living life can send you in a spiraling downfall of depression. And depression is no happy place. Know that the loopy girl suffers from depression all the time. And she's been diagnosed with medical depression due to the fact of a medical diagnosis, right? And it's hard. It's hard. Imagine you're 30 years old. You're trying to live your best life. You're successful. You're educated. You're, you know, fine as wine. You know, you're just bomb.com. And literally, you have this illness where you try to hide and try to, you know, mask it and sometimes act as if it's not there. And it is. So imagine everybody is dealing with something. Whether they live looking good, live in a high-rise condo, you know what Biggie Small said, more money, more problems. So, hey, even those with money, they got problems too. They got issues. But if you don't reach out for help, it could send you in a way that you're not really trying to see you go. Because remember, there are people rooting for you. So remember, go ahead. Go ahead, child. Take that, take that trip. Do your thing. And last but not least, remember that you are your own doctor and you know what you're feeling. And so if you feel sick or think you're sick or think you need to go to the ER, then that's what you need to do. Understand that doctors, doctors are amazing. I'm not knocking them, but doctors are educated guessers. They can't see or feel what's going on in your body. They can see with, you know, a CAT scan, MRI. We understand that. EKGs. We know that part. But you know when you're having that feeling, when you're trying to explain, but you can't explain, you can't really get out what it is you're really feeling, that's because you're your best doctor. Doctors can't feel that. They can't experience that. So always remember, if you need to write it down, if you need to, you know, Jot it on a sticky note just to kind of see the trend of, you know, how your body operates. Do that. So when a burnout or you feel a burnout is close, you know how to take a step back and really focus and get your body under control. Because a lot of times when you go into a flare, it takes a whole lot to calm that body down. Y'all loopies out there, y'all know that big P word, 
prednisone, right? Have you looking like a big Michelin man. Just the, the, the Pillsbury Doughboy, just big, round, and fluffy, right? Right? One time I gained 50 pounds off of, of prednisone. I literally was eating so much, I, I wasn't even chewing my food, y'all. I was literally throwing the food back, two chews, and a swallow. I was, I mean, my whole throat was sore from literally just swallowing food whole. So please, please, please know that you are your own doctor. Know that you got this. y'all so much for joining me on this podcast you know this is the first episode and i am just so elated to do this right you know look at rehab remember you know rehab on facebook live like amazing so here we are this is where we at and to find this episode and all of the rest of the episodes dealing with rehab you can find the rehab on our website at www.theloopygirl.com or www.theloopygirl.org. Also, we are on Facebook at The Loopy Girl, and we are on Instagram at The Loopy Girl. So check us out. And for that, I'm out. Bye.